You are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pittsfield campus. So our, this, the current series that we're, a uh, series of sermons that we're going through is called Supernatural. This is our third week. If you'll uh, remember, uh, we talked about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and really it's, uh, the, this, the series focuses on the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then the gifts that God gives us through the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's really not supernatural though, right? Remember we talked about that, that really as is, is we're filled with the Holy Spirit as God intends, then it's natural for these gifts to flow out of us. It's natural for, to, for him to give us those gifts. Remember, it all goes back even to the, to the Garden of Eden as God was uh, closely in communion with Adam and with Eve and it was natural. It wasn't something weird or supernatural or crazy. It was just the natural way that God created man to be. So we're going to continue with that today as we talk about healing and miracles and faith, uh, three of the gifts mentioned in Scripture that we'll read here in a few minutes, uh, that those are some of the gifts that God gives us, miracles, healing, and faith. So do you think that, that God still does miracles today? Yes. Do you think that God still heals today? Yes. Do you think that God can give us some extraordinary faith in Him so that as we walk through our lives as we face the circumstances of, of life, as we face the struggles that we face, that he gives us this supernatural faith that we can trust him and that we can know that whatever we're going through, whatever's happening in our life, whatever circumstances may seem so bleak, we have enough faith in God as our Savior and our protector that we can walk through these things and, and we can walk through them with a contentment in our spirit, a contentment in our heart. So we're going to look at these things today. So buckle up. Because I feel like that God has, has shown me some really cool stuff to share with you. And um, maybe it's a, even from a different angle than you've looked at it or thought about it before. A different way of looking at miracles and healings and faith. But also I want to be sure to stick to scripture. So check me on these things. Uh, back, back, I want to back everything up with scripture. I'll be giving you lots of scripture references. So I want to encourage you as you go throughout the, the next few days to, to check me on that. Because I don't want to say anything that's not backed by scripture. And if, if you find out that I am, then... You know, you don't have to stand up and yell at me or anything, but you can approach me one-on-one and we'll talk about it, and and, uh, I would love to be uh, taught as we move forward. All right, so we've talked about wisdom and knowledge the first week, right? And those are the things that make us, what, think like Jesus. Those wisdom and knowledge, the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, help us to think like Jesus. And then last week, we talked about tongues and interpretation of tongues, and those are things that make us talk like Jesus. And today we're going to be talking about healing and miracle and faith. And those are the things that make us act like Jesus. So we can, we can think like Jesus, we can talk like Jesus, and we can act like Jesus. And then we can be transformed. And we can really be a force and transform this community and all the surrounding areas of our community. And I want to remind you, too, that we do have uh, the workshop this Sunday, at, this afternoon at 4 o'clock at the Pembroke campus. And uh, everyone's welcome to go. The last two have really been awesome. Uh, they start at 4 o'clock. They're usually done right around 6. It's a couple of hours. Uh, it's a very uh, good, very intensive, very much teaching and training and sharing and kind of using these gifts that God has given us. So I want to encourage you if you can make that today at 4 o'clock in our Pembroke campus. All right. So I believe God does miracles today. I do. I believe he does miracles today. And I know when you look at me and you look at Kathy, you, you believe in miracles too because you say... <laughs> How in the world could somebody who looks that young and that pretty and that beautiful marry a guy like me, right? It's got to be a miracle. 
right? Well, I think you're truly right about that, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. But God has done miracles in our lives. He really has. Um, it's just one of the ones that I want to tell you about today is a few years ago, uh, God did some amazing stuff. We had like a year of miracles. Um, it's because uh, of prayer and the things that the faith that we showed, I think, throughout this is um, Kathy and I have been married for a lot of years, 16 years. We've been married 16 years, and she, when we were married, she had two daughters from a previous marriage, and I had some children from a previous marriage. We both have been married before. And so her, one of her daughters, believe it or not, didn't like me very much. She didn't like me at all. That's crazy. That's crazy. I know it. <laughs> What's not to like, right? She didn't. She was very much opposed to me being a part of her life, and she didn't mind telling me that a few times. It was a very tough, tough time. I'm talking like 10 years. 10 years, it was tough. I mean, it was every day a struggle and a battle to try to get, you know, this kid to not even like me, just accept me that I'm part of her life. And then my oldest daughter, too, had a lot of trouble accepting Kathy because of the situations and things that went on. She just really, um, she wasn't like hostile towards her. It was more of just, I don't want her to be part of my life. Keep her over there. I don't want to meet her. I don't want to do anything. So we had years and years and years of this. And then about three years ago, as we had been praying for years for God to move and and for a miraculous move of God, through circumstances, Kathy's oldest daughter came to her and he said, you know, she was going to have a baby. And she said, you know, I'm going to have this baby and I want Mike to be granddad. I want Mike to be a part of this baby's life. And that was a miracle. That was a miracle. That very same year, my, my oldest daughter got married. And as part of that, she asked me, they asked me if I would lead the ceremony, and what an honor that was. But they also said, yes, we want Kathy to be a part of that too. She was invited, and that's how she got to meet my oldest daughter was pretty much at her wedding. But since then, things have been good. It's been a good relationship because God does miracles. God still does miracles in our lives. And sometimes we think it's just circumstances or we think that it's just things that might happen. But it's God working in our lives because we pray and because we press in. And sometimes it's just because we desperately need a miracle that he, that he does this for us. And, and we've all heard of God's miracles. And we know about the miraculous things that he's done throughout history. But do we believe that these miracles are for today? Do we really believe that he can do miracles today? That, that he can change things supernaturally in our lives and our world today? It can't be explained any other way than to say, you know, that's a miracle from God. And even beyond that, do we believe that he can use us as an instrument for those miracles and for those healings? And by instilling such a faith in us that we believe that God can move and that God will move so that we can be steadfast in him, regardless of what the miracle looks like. So throughout this series, we have been focusing on uh, the scripture from 1 Corinthians 12 that lists these gifts. It start, it's, uh, starts out and says, To each is given the manifestation of the spirit, of, spirit for common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to the, another the utterance of knowledge. We talked about those. According to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit. So here we're going to talk today about faith. And to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. And, the, and to another the working of miracles. To another prophecy and to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, all these things that we've talked about. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, by one Holy Spirit, by God Almighty, 
who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So God gives us these gifts as he chooses, as he wills, as we need them, as the times and the circumstances in our life arise where we need these gifts, God will give them to us. And so then we know, too, we can kind of step back and say, well, well, where do these gifts come from? And, and they do come from God. They come, these power, the power of the Holy Spirit comes from God himself because God is the Holy Spirit. And so we can read about this in, in the book of Acts if you want to flip over to Acts chapter 1. The very first cha- chapter of the book of Acts. Chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. It talks about where these, this power from the Holy Spirit, where, where God... Uh, where this stuff comes from, these gifts of the Holy Spirit. So in verse 6 it says, So when they had come together, they being the disciples, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? They were saying, Jesus, are you going to make a big powerful kingdom here in Israel right now, a physical kingdom? And Jesus said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But, but, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So this power comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes from God. This power from the Holy Spirit gives us these gifts. And why? Why did we get these gifts from God? Why do we get this power distributed from God Almighty? To be witnesses. To be witnesses. In in Scripture, it's to uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria for us. It might be Pittsfield and New Hampshire and the world. As God gives us these gifts. But it's not about us, right? It's about others. He gives us these gifts so that we can share with others and and be a part of others' lives and show them God's power and might, even through the miracles that he he does through us, even through the gifts that he gives us. So we do know that it is the Holy Spirit that gives us the gift of faith, right? Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit gives us this gift of faith, the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. They're listed here in these scriptures. So, but how does it look? How does it look in our world today? Does it look different than the way it looked back in Jerusalem way back in the day? Or does it look the same? Does, you know, doesn't God do these miracles? How can it be a gift of, of God for me to do miracles? Because God does miracles, right? God heals people. I don't heal people. So how does it work? How can faith be a gift, right? We're all supposed to have faith. So how is faith a gift of the Holy Spirit? Didn't, didn't Jesus tell us to all have faith? Didn't he say, you uh, who lack faith? He called us to be faithful. So we're going to look at some of these things today. And we're going to talk about, really focus a lot about God's miracles and the, and the miraculous things that he, not only that he's done, but the things that he's doing and the, thing that, the things that he wants to do, the things that he will do. And then God's going to want us to use this. He's going to want us to apply it to our lives and maybe we can be part of someone else's miracle. Maybe we can be used as God gives us the gift of miracles to be a miracle for someone else. So let's start with talking about, we're going to talk miracles, healings, and faith. So let's start by talking about miracles today. So what is a miracle? What's the definition of a miracle? A miracle, according to the dictionary, is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs, an extremely outstanding or unusual event. Thing or accomplishment. So that's what it is, an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. It sounds very plain when you read the dictionary version of that, right? But what if, what if, if you want to see one of God's miracles? 
what if you want to see something God has done miraculously around us? And Kathy kind of stole part of my sermon. She hasn't seen it. But look around. Look around. And you can see a miracle of God. This building that we sit in, do you realize it was 12 weeks ago? I stood here on Christmas Eve, right? It was our second time to be here. There was no stage, no platform here. I was standing on the ground. It was open. It was wide open. There were no walls. It was just a huge, big place, empty. And God has done all this. There was no TVs for lyrics and, and, and slides to be on, right? Remember that ugly old projector we had over here with the humongous screen? Right? Yeah, those things. And God has taken the little, the little that we've had, the little that, that he's given us, and he stretched it. God has, stretched, God has miraculously, believe me, miraculously stretched the little bit of money that we've had to start this campus to the point where we're finishing up this first phase. We're finishing up the first part of this building project, and we have no debt. We haven't borrowed a penny, but we're not done yet. God has done a miracle here already. God's done a miracle of abundance. He's done a miracle of his abundance here. You're sitting in it. You see it. It's a divine intervention. It's extremely outstanding. It is extremely outstanding. Believe me. It's an unusual event or accomplishment. God has done that. And he's used several volunteers here, several men and women who have come faithfully and hung sheetrock and painted and hammered and all that stuff. They've been a part of God's miracle here. They've been a part. God has used them, given them this gift of miracles so that we can be sitting here today. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's the miracle of this place. All through Scripture, we can see where Jesus performed miracles. And just like this miracle of abundance here, he performed other miracles of of abundance. Jesus performed miracles of compassion, miracles of touch, miracles of power, miracles of faith. All these different types of miracles Jesus showed us throughout Scripture. So we're going to take a little trip through Scripture. Um, If you want to bounce through with me, that'll be great. A lot of it's going to be in the book of Matthew. Um, If you aren't able to keep up or, or don't have your Bibles with you, I'm going to put these on our Pittsfield Campus Facebook page. You can look them up throughout the week um, as you're studying and thinking about the message and miracles and what God can do and as you talk about it in your life group. So in Matthew 14, starting in verse 13, we see a miracle of abundance, right? Jesus feeds the 5,000. It's a story that so many of us know. All these men and women and children gathered around because Jesus was teaching and they wanted to hear. And, and then his disciples said, wait a minute, Jesus. We don't have anything to feed these folks, and they're starting to get hungry. And you know how hungry people can be. They might get beyond hungry. They might get hangry, right? Hungry and angry. So Jesus asked them, well, what do you have? And they said, well, we have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, well, bring them here. And he blessed them with his abundance. And everyone had plenty to eat. And there were plenty of leftovers to take along the way gift, a miracle of abundance. <clears throat> then there was a miracle of faith in Matthew 9, if you want to flip back there, with this woman. Where is this? Matthew nine twenty. Yes, this woman, it says, and behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the friends of his garment. For she said to herself, if only I touch his garment, I will be made well. And Jesus healed her. A miracle of faith. 
a miracle of faith because it, it talks later about Jesus even turns around and says, who touched me? And this lady was healed already through a miracle of faith that Jesus had done. Also in Luke 7, there's a miracle of faith where this centurion, this, this soldier with lots of men working and serving underneath him, his servant was passing away and Jesus healed him from afar because of this centurion's faith. And Jesus says, such faith I haven't seen in all of Israel. God still does miracles. Even though this woman, she was desperately in need of healing, she had been to doctors and she had been worked on and she had talked to experts for the day and she was still just desperately, desperately in need of healing. And it was her faith that made her well as she had enough faith to to just grab Jesus' garment and be healed from that. Miracles of compassion. As we look in in Matthew 8, 14 to 17, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law who was sick and and we see where she was healed, and what she do? She immediately got up and started serving. She started serving Jesus. Maybe there's a lesson for us there, too, when God performs a miracle in us, that we can get up and we can serve. So the, the, the miracle of Peter's mother-in-law, the miracle of touch in Mark 1. Let's flip over there, Mark 1. Mark 1, 40 through 45. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. So this leper was coming to Jesus and saying, please make me clean. And moved with pity, moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. Be clean. A miracle of touch. Jesus touched this leper. Do you know how big that was during this day, during this time in Jerusalem and Israel? Lepers were hands off. They were very uh, uh, contagious and they were very much... uh, Condemned and set aside to, 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 to not touch, to not deal with, to just be away from. And Jesus had compassion for this man. And he went and he touched him and brought healing. He brought healing to him through the touch. And then there's great miracles of power. Great miracles of power that Jesus did. In the book of John, uh, verse 11, the first 46 verses. I won't read them all because it's a long story. But Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. This man was dead. And he wasn't just barely dead. He was dead three days dead. And Jesus called him out with power out of that grave. Said, Lazarus, come out. And here he came, walking out of the grave. A miracle of power that Jesus could do when he was here. God still does miracles. God still does miracles, guys. Well, how do we translate it, though? And into us and into having the gift of miracles. How does that translate? The gift of miracles or the gift of faith or of healing. Does God give us this ability to perform miracles? Because remember, I don't have power to perform any miracles, nor do you. But does God work supernaturally through us to perform miracles? Yes, I believe he does. I believe that's what scripture tells us. And, and we see examples of that even in, in uh, the New Testament in, in the book of Acts as the apostle Paul and Stephen You know, it talks about them performing miracles, God using them. This was after Jesus was already ascended to heaven, but God used Stephen and Paul to perform miracles. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Scripture tells us that. But let's take another look, because I believe God still heals people. I believe God still does miracles, and he does it through the prayer of his saints. But let's take another look. Let's take another look at this, not 
not, not an either or kind of a look, but an and, both and kind of a look. Let's, let's look at miracles and maybe, maybe look a little differently because, you know, believe me, and, and please hear me, I'm not telling you that God doesn't perform miracles like he did with Paul and Stephen and Jesus. I believe he does. I believe he can. God is almighty. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that we ever make is saying God can't do that. God doesn't do that anymore. God is God, and he can do what he wants to do. Right? But let's take a different look at it. Let's take a different look. What if God uses us? What if God wants to use us in another way with the gift of miracles? What if, what if he arranges it so that we could actually become someone else's miracle? What if we listen to God's whisper and we hear his voice and, and we're obedient to it and then we can become someone else's miracle? Is that a gift of miracles? Maybe it is. Maybe that's the gift of miracles because God still does miracles today. And the gift of faith, what if God gives us the ability to see beyond our temporary circumstances in such a way that we can have faith, faith enough in him that is bigger than our circumstances, bigger than anything we face, enough faith that God can give us his gift, a gift of faith. And I believe this is one of the best gifts that God can give us. It's probably the, the, the least teached, taught, teached, the least taught gift that I've heard over the years, the gift of faith. But I believe it's one of the very most powerful gifts that he can give us. One of the, the most transforming and, and life-changing gifts God can give us is the gift of faith. And, and we can read about the gift of faith and some of the people who had it is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews 11. Yeah, that's a good chapter, huh? It's kind of the hall of fame of faith, right? Let's find it here. It was here earlier. I think it's still here. There it is. So yeah, in Hebrews 11, starting about verse 7, the whole chapter is really awesome. It talks about faith. and It says, by faith Noah. Remember Noah? By faith. Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By faith, chapter, verse 8, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. God called Abraham to go to this place, but he didn't tell him where the place was. He just says, pack up and let's go. Guys, can you imagine telling your wife, um, honey, God's called us to move, so let's pack up and put everything in the, the moving truck and let's move. And she says, well, where are we going? I don't know. That's a lot of faith for Abraham, right? It's a lot of faith that Abraham had. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living with, in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Faith. By faith, Sarah, Abraham's wife. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Remember, she was like a jillion years old, and she had a baby because God told her that she would. It might as well be a jillion, right? It was like 90. God told her that she would. At first, she wasn't so sure, but faith. She had faith because God gave her that gift of faith that went beyond her kind of chuckling to herself about, oh, that's funny, an old lady like me having a baby. But God gave her that faith, faith to believe. God still gives us that faith. And like I said, faith may be one of the most transforming gifts of the Holy Spirit that we could ever hope to, to, to get. Faith. 
faith to believe God no matter what. No matter what. So this building, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. It's a God-given miracle. There's nothing, believe me, there's nothing I can do to make this happen. Because I don't know anything about this stuff. But God has put together a team and, and he's done this miraculous work. And here we are. To, to build out something that we can accommodate a crowd. He's done miraculous things for us in the town. He's given us favor with our landlord. He's given us great favor with our landlord. He's given us favor with our neighbors. He's given us favor with the town. As we've come alongside them and worked with them and, and told them we want to be a part of what you are here in Pittsfield. We don't want to come in and barge our way in and make our own way. But we want to come alongside and serve here in Pittsfield. God has given us favor, miraculous favor. And this building, this building has provided the opportunity for me to receive the gift of faith. I've been able to receive the gift of faith even as we're in need of another miracle. Because all the money that we've got set aside is gone. It's gone. We've used it all. God has stretched it beyond measure. But we're pretty much at the end of the, bu- at the, end of the barrel. The bucket's about empty, whatever you want to say. So here, here's the deal, though. Through all this through negotiations with the town. Even, remember, we were trying to buy a building on the other side of town and all the negotiations and, and struggles and, and, and anxiety that went along with that. Even back to there, God has given me a supernatural faith. He's given me the ability to see beyond the circumstances and have faith that he's going to build this place. That it's not up to me. It's not up to you. I've never worried I've never felt like he's forgotten us. I've never felt like we're, we're going to, that he's brought us here and, oh, enjoy, good luck. No, I feel like God is still with us. I've never felt abandoned by him. It's like the, the disciples, and as they were uh, crossing the, the lake in, in the book of Matthew, Jesus specifically told the disciples, get in a boat and go to the other side, right? Those are in very important words. Get in the boat and go to the other side. And so as the disciples were going across to the other side, this storm arose and Jesus comes out walking on the water and they were afraid, right? What were they afraid of? Jesus told them, go to the other side of the lake. He didn't say, go halfway and you're going to drown. He called them to go to the other side. And he did not abandon them. He did not leave them alone. When God calls us to go somewhere, he's not going to leave us alone. So I'll remain steadfast in my faith and in my belief that God has sent us here to Pittsfield. It's the equivalent of sending his disciples to the other side of the lake. And we're going to make it. We're going to make it here. It might be stormy. We might be a little bit nervous. And by the time it's all done, we might have our nerves all frayed. But we're going to make it. Because I know that I'm called. God has called me here. God has called us here. God has called this campus here. To be here. And I'm confident that he's going to stay here with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He is here with us. And this boat won't sink. This boat won't sink because God is with us. God has built half this building out. And he's big enough. And he's strong enough. And he's powerful enough. And he's mighty enough. He's not going to leave it halfway done. He's going to finish it. He's the finisher of our faith. If he chooses not to though. That's okay. Because he's given me enough faith to believe that he's with us regardless of the circumstances. You see, God's character isn't on trial here. 
God's character, character is not up for debate. God's character is not defined by my experience, by the things I see, by the things I do, by the things I experience. God's character is not defined that way. God's character is good and trust and just, I meant. God is, is, is good and it's just. And God's character won't be defined whether or not this building is built out the way that we think it ought to be. God's character is good and faithful and true and trustworthy. So yes, I'm believing for a miracle. And yes, I feel like we need a miracle. The miracle of God providing is we finish out this building. And I'll praise him. I'll praise him that he's given me the gift of faith. He's given me the gift of enough faith to say, regardless of what goes on, regardless of how we go, go forward with the campus or anything, that God is good and that he's going to always be here. He's not leaving us. We're not going to be stuck in the middle of that lake without him. He's going to be there with us, even if it takes him miraculously walking out on the water to be with us and to save us and to protect us. So I think there's probably a few people here today, too, who might be in need of a miracle. Maybe you've been praying, or you've been prayed over for years or decades. Remember, Kathy and I, it was years, years that we prayed over our children that they would just accept us. And God has done immeasurably more than them just accepting us. You wonder, I've been praying, God, I've been praying for years. Are you still sovereign? Do you still do miracles, God? Are you still a part of my life? <clears throat> and maybe you've become discouraged. Maybe you're really discouraged because God hasn't answered you yet. Well, there's a story in the book of Acts that I'll share just a snippet with you. It's, it's in Acts 3. Um, let's flip over there. Acts 3, 1 and 2. It's a story of a miracle that took a while. But it's a miracle of faith and a miracle of persistence. So it's Acts 3, 1 and 2. Now Peter and John were going up. Now this is after Jesus has ascended to heaven. So Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him and said, or as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I, don't, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So this man had been sitting at this gate for years. And by the way, this is the gate that Jesus walked by many, many times in his daily tra uh, travels around Jerusalem. He, he probably walked by this guy many, many, many times and didn't heal him. He didn't heal him. And then here comes Peter and John walking by. and Suddenly they bring healing to this man. After all these years. So this man was lying at the gate, sick and lame. And God in human form, Jesus had walked by him on many occasions. But yet this man still had enough faith for Peter and John to tell him to get up and walk. And he did. This man had enough faith. He had enough faith to receive the miracle. So what, what I know is true then is that God's character doesn't change. 
based on our experience. God's character won't change based on our experience. If you've been praying for a miracle for years and years and years, it's not God's character that's the problem. It's that he hasn't chosen to bring healing yet. It's that he hasn't chosen this miracle for you yet. He wants you to, to persist, to have this supernatural faith, believing that he can be greater and mightier than these circumstances that you're faced with. God is God. He's sovereign. He reigns. Regardless of our own personal experiences, God is God. He has the power to miraculously change our lives, our circumstances, everything around us. Regardless of our past experiences or those experiences from the ones we love, regardless of what's happened to us in the past, God is God, and he's big enough for your miracle. He's big enough for your miracle today. I don't know why God performed that miracle for Kathy and me with our children. And why, I don't know why it took so long. It seems like he could have done it sooner, right? But he did it when he chose. <coughs> I know that we prayed about it for a long time. We felt desperate. We felt hopeless. We felt like it was never going to change. We felt like God wasn't going to move. However, his character didn't change. God was true, and he showed his mighty power in our lives so that we could bring glory to him. It wasn't something that we did. It wasn't some big, great wisdom knowledge that I had or Kathy had that, that changed everything. No, it was simply God changing the way somebody looks at something. It's God changing a heart, God changing a mind. So today we want to believe for miracles. We want to believe for miracles today. We want to believe for healing today. We want to believe that God will give us a supernatural faith so that we can believe him, that we can believe him, that we can understand that regardless of what our circumstances look like, his character doesn't change. Our circumstances don't redefine his character. So we want to believe for that today. We want to believe in such faith. We want to believe for such miracles. And we want to believe for such healing today for you, for all of us, because God heals God heals. So as the worship team comes up, and I guess I'd just ask everyone to bow your heads and, and close your eyes maybe and think about your miracle. Think about your miracle, the miracle that you're asking God to perform for you, relationships, your job, your children, your healing. Think about those miracles that you need. Think about this man at the gate who was there for years and years and years before his miracle was performed, before his healing came. Think about this woman who just felt like if she could only reach out and touch Jesus' garment after years of being sick. Think about how God's character doesn't change. God's character didn't change for, the, for that lady who needed that healing. God's character didn't change for the, that man sitting at the gate where Peter and John brought healing to him. God's character hasn't changed for you. So, Father, we ask now, Lord, you know the miracle that we need. You know our lives. You know our circumstances. You know our heart, Lord, and you know that each of us in some way are praying for a miracle. So God is... As we're here, as we're persistently pressing in, Father, 
we ask for that healing. We ask for that miracle. We ask for that relationship to change, Father. Even now, touch the hearts of those and rebuild relationships, reconcile relationships, God. Father, we trust you. We know, Lord, that your character is good, that your character is trustworthy, it's true. Father, we can depend on that always, your character. So, Father, as we bring these miracles to you, we would ask, Lord, that that you would hear our prayers and that you would bring us closer to that miracle, Father. And, Father, that you would give us the gift of faith to believe and to know that your character is solid and trustworthy and true. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 